Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. Of course, we emphasize passages like <clears throat> John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Bible defines for us what the truth is. And only the truth will set us free from sin. John eight thirty two, And that only occurs if we continue in Jesus' word. John eight thirty one. So one of the main points... One of the main reasons we have this program is so that we can find out what Jesus' word is, what his truth is, so that we can learn how to continue in it. Because he says in John 8, 31, we'll only be a disciple of his, a true disciple, if we continue in his word, and then we'll be set free by the truth from our sins. John 8, 32. So we need to know what the truth is. And the truth in mathematics, 2 plus 2 can't equal 4 and 5 at the same time. It's got to be one or the other. Same way in religion. All these different churches, these different preachers teaching different things, they can't all be right. Most believers think they're all right, even though they're teaching contradictory things. But we want you to know that we have to continue in Jesus' word, John 8, 31, to be a true disciple. And only the truth will set us free from sin, John 8, 32. And the word of God defines for us what the truth is, John 17, 17. Now, over the course of the last several years, we've been doing this program since, I think, July of 2015 on SiriusXM. Probably the most often asked question is a question about the thief on the cross. And it usually comes in response to passages we quote that prove that one has to be baptized to be saved under our dispensation. For example, Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. So obviously, if Jesus, if he's telling the truth, one has to believe and be baptized to be saved from his sins, according to Mark 16, 16. And then in Acts 2, 38, Peter told some believers, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So obviously, the Bible teaches again. Baptism must be done in order to get the remission of sins. The forgiveness of sins based upon the death of Christ, the blood of Christ, only comes when one is baptized based upon Mark 16:16 16, 16 and Acts 2:38. Another passage, Acts 22:16, we know that Saul believed on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, for example, but in Acts 22 verse 16, at least 3 days later, Ananias told him to arise why tarriest thou, rise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So he believed on the road to Damascus three days later. He's told to do something to get his sins washed away. He's told to be baptized to get his sins washed away. That's right there in Acts twenty two sixteen. I didn't make it up. It's right there. And so, of course, the blood of Christ is what washes away our sins. But when? When we believed? When we believed? That's not what happened in the case of Saul. His sins were not washed away until he was baptized according to Acts 22.16, which is at least three days after he believed. So here we have three passages. Of course, the fourth one, 1 Peter 3.21, says, Baptism doth also now save us, referring to water baptism. Four passages that prove one has to be baptized in water to be saved. We've, we've mentioned those before. And so a question comes up, but what about the thief on the cross? People assume he wasn't baptized, and therefore if he could be saved, the thief on the cross... Without baptism, therefore, why can't people today be saved like the thief without baptism? First of all, let's deal with that question, the thief on the cross. Why does a thief on the cross not prove that one doesn't have to be baptized to be saved today? If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. 
The number to call is 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. First of all, we don't really know that the thief was never baptized. We read in Luke 23:42. it says, And he, the thief, said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. That verse indicates that the thief seemed to know perhaps even more than the apostles. So the thief could have been baptized with John the Baptist's baptism before he was put upon the cross. Of course he wasn't baptized once he was on the cross, but have you ever thought about the fact that he might have been baptized before he got up on the cross? Now, if you're going to use the thief to prove a person doesn't have to be baptized to be saved, you better know for sure that he wasn't baptized, and we don't know for sure. We don't really know if the thief was ever baptized or not. And so he can't be used as proof either way. And then another passage I like to bring up on this question. Why doesn't the thief on the cross prove that one doesn't have to be baptized to be saved? Is Romans chapter 10 verse 9, which reads this way. If thou shalt believe that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now as far as I know, everybody believes, understands that this verse teaches that a person has to believe in the resurrection of Christ as an accomplished fact to be saved today. But the thief couldn't have believed in the resurrection of Christ as an accomplished fact. It hadn't happened yet. So obviously the thief lived under a different law dispensation than we do, else he couldn't have been saved. Let me repeat that. Romans 10.9 proves that a person has to believe that Jesus is raised from the dead, was raised from the dead to be saved. The thief couldn't have believed that. Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't been resurrected yet. But yet the thief was saved. So obviously he was saved in a different way than we are because today, to be saved, we have to believe in the resurrection of Christ as an accomplished fact. The thief couldn't believe that. It hadn't happened yet. So obviously the thief lived under a different law, a different dispensation than us. And then another major point here. The thief didn't need to be baptized for basically the same reason that Moses and many other Old Testament saints were not baptized. That is, the New Testament law had not come into effect yet. Let me read Hebrews 9, 15 through 17, which gives us that teaching. It says, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So we see that just like a will today, a will does not go into effect until after the death of the people who wrote the will. And the same point is being made here about Jesus' New Testament. The New Testament, according to Hebrews 9, 15-17, did not go into effect until after the death of the testator, Jesus Christ. So the thief was forgiven before Jesus died. Before the new covenant went into effect, the thief didn't have to be baptized for the same reason that Adam and Eve didn't have to be baptized. For the same reason that Noah didn't have to be baptized. For the same reason that Abraham, Moses didn't have to be baptized. They lived under a different covenant, a different testament, a different dispensation than we do. The New Testament law, which requires water baptism to be saved, did not go into effect until after the death of Jesus Christ. And the thief lived before that law went into effect. You understand that? That's pretty simple. Hope you can understand it. 
Melody from Indiana. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Okay, Mr. Donahue, I would like to know how anybody thinks they're good enough to make the rapture. There, you know, the rapture, that's a Latin word, comes from a Latin word, which is the translation of this word caught up in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. So that's what people are talking about when they're talking about the rapture, and that is these Christians will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, at the end of time when Jesus comes back. And so how are they good enough? Because they've been forgiven. That's how they, they're good enough. Not that they live perfectly, but they've been forgiven for their sins based upon the death of Christ. I'm looking at a passage like Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So, Melody, the people that are going to be raptured are going to be there because not because they deserve it, the only way you could deserve that is if you lived your whole life perfectly without sin, and none of us does that. But they were forgiven of their sins. They received forgiveness based upon the blood of Christ because they have repented and been baptized for the remission of sins. Acts 2.38. Does that make sense, Melody? Yeah, I've always been taught about Acts 2.38, but I still... I, I It says the road to heaven is narrow, and few there be that make it. So I just yep. think that it's going to be almost impossible to get in there. Well, and you did quote pretty well Matthew seven thirteen. The road to heaven is narrow, and few there be that make it. But it does say a few do make it. The many take the broad way, Matthew seven fourteen. But there are a few that do make it, Matthew seven thirteen, and those are the ones who were faithful to the Lord until like death. Three Blessed people. are the, the dead that die in the Lord. What melody? Like three people, maybe. Because when you look around in this world, people that even go to church aren't worthy enough to make it up there. And to me, I just feel like you're going to have to go through tribulation to really prove yourself to God. Melody, when you look at the book of Revelation, it looks like you see some places that indicate that thousands of people are going to be saved, or millions. Now, it's a few because relative to the number of people that will have lived through the whole history of the earth, probably billions, that would be a few. But there's going to be a lot more than three, I'm convinced, from things we see in the book of Revelation. There are people that are living faithful lives to God. The Bible teaches that if you live faithful to Him, you'll be saved. Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says this. And I'm going to turn there and read that so I don't misquote it. It says, For we must all appear... For the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So on the judgment day, we're going to be judged not just based upon the fact of whether or not we believed in Christ, John 3.16, that's true, we will, but also the things that we did, whether they were good or bad. And so people are going to make it because they did what the Lord said. You see what I mean, Melody? Yes, I do. I but, still think that it's going to be rough, and I, I just believe a lot of us is going to have to do the tribulation, because even Paul was beheaded. Well, Melody, we appreciate your call, and we hope that you'll continue to listen to the program every week and keep studying your Bible. <laughs> and then study your Bible. This is what I encourage everybody to do, including myself. Study your Bible. Find out in the Bible that's how we learn what God wants us to do to please Him. 
So let's read and study our Bibles regularly so we'll know what God wants us to do to please Him. I mean, how are we going to be pleasing to God if we don't know what He wants us to do? And the only way is to study His Word. That's why we quote that verse, John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So the definition for truth is God's word. So let's continue to study our Bibles, okay, Melody? Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate your call. Again, we're talking about the thief on the cross. We might point out the thief was forgiven before Jesus died. Therefore, he was not forgiven based upon New Testament law. The thief on the cross died before the Great Commission of Mark 16, 16 was ever given. Therefore, the thief was not amenable to the command to be baptized in the name of Jesus in order to be saved. Let me mention the number again. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. Again, if you want to be on the air, Bible question or comment, the lines are open, 877-655-6755. Luke 24:47 reads this way. It says, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You see, repentance, that's what we call the third account of the Great Commission. The first account being Matthew 28, 19, and 20. The second account being Mark 16, 15, and 16, where Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Here's the third account of the Great Commission. It says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Doesn't this verse make it obvious that the Great Commission was to begin to be preached, meaning begin to be binding, at Jerusalem? And wouldn't at Jerusalem be referring to the day of Pentecost? Well, I think so. We can see that right there in that context. Let me read Luke twenty four forty nine, and we'll see that that's what he's talking about when he says beginning at Jerusalem. In Luke twenty four forty nine, he said, He told the apostles, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So verse 47 said, Repentance and remission of sins should be preached beginning at Jerusalem. He said, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the power. That came in Acts chapter 2. So the conclusion we would reach from that is that this new covenant, this New Testament law that requires water baptism to be saved, started being binding on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, beginning at Jerusalem, is what Luke 24:47 says. The thief died long before that. The thief didn't have to be baptized to be saved because he lived and died under that first covenant, that first dispensation, the Old Testament law time. When Those people, you won't find water baptism mentioned in the Old Testament law. The thief lived under that law. He didn't have to be baptized. But today, we live under the New Testament law. I hope I'm making myself clear. The New Testament law is what requires water baptism for salvation, as we read. Jesus said, Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Acts 2.38, Peter told believers, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So the New Testament is what requires water baptism for salvation, and the thief didn't live under New Testament law. He didn't have to be baptized for the same reason that Noah didn't have to be baptized, or Moses didn't have to be baptized, or Abraham didn't have to be baptized. Baptism wasn't part of that old covenant law. 
Larry from Wisconsin. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, I was uh, just thinking, the lady that called before, uh, she talked about uh, the rapture and you talked about and the tribulation. I thought you might mention that as man thinks about rapture and tribulation, that that's a man-made uh, doctrine. Yeah, I wasn't sure what she was referring to, the tribulation. I mean, we can receive tribulation at any time. You know, persecution could be considered tribulation. But the rapture uh, itself, we can read about in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. These, the Christians right. that are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds. But you're right, Larry, most of the things taught about the rapture are false. The yeah, rapture, of course, is in the Bible. Most of the religions now talk about the rapture and the thousand-year reign and tribulation, which is not taught in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, there's a I'll lot of details. There's, thank you for your call, Larry. Yeah, there's a lot of details. My, huh? my home is in Tennessee. I'll hang up and listen to you now. Okay. The, uh, it says Wisconsin on the screen. Is this the Larry that I already know then? Yes. Uh, I'm in Wisconsin right now, upper Wisconsin. Okay. I got it. Thanks for your call, Larry. So Larry's right. Most the Bible talks about the rapture called up in First Thessalonians five seventeen, but almost all of the details taught by denominational churches about the rapture is false. Just like the second coming of Christ is taught. You know, in Hebrews chapter nine it talks about the second coming of Christ. So the second coming of Christ is a biblical doctrine, but most of the details about the second coming of Christ taught by the denominational churches are false. The thousand-year physical reign that's going to come. I mean, when Jesus comes back, we can read about Second Peter in Second Peter chapter three, verse nine, that there's not going to be any time or any room for a physical reign of Christ from Jerusalem. It says in Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So it's, the Bible talks about the second coming of Christ, but a lot of people have a lot of the details wrong. They think when Christ comes back, he's going to set up some kind of physical kingdom and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. But this says when Christ comes back, the earth's going to be burned up. That's the end of the world. There's not going to be time for that. The rapture's like that. The second coming of Christ is like that. The Bible talks about them, but the, most of the details that churches teach about the rapture and the second coming of Christ are false. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. So we've been talking about the thief on the cross, and we've been pointing out that Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So you've got to not only believe to be saved, you've got to be baptized. Again, Peter told believers in Acts 2.38 to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So obviously you've got to be baptized to get the remission of sins. Saul, who had believed three days before, was told in Acts 22.16, Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So he had to get baptized to get his sins washed away by the blood of Christ. We're all agreed the blood of Christ is what washes away our sins. But when? Not when we believe, because... Saul believed on the road to Damascus, but his sins weren't washed away till three days later when he was baptized. And then 1 Peter 3.21 says that baptism doth also now save us. So we got four passages there on the table 
that teach a person has to be baptized to be saved? Well, like I said, since we've been on this program, perhaps the number one question has been, well, what about the thief on the cross? He was never baptized, was he? Didn't And he was saved. Doesn't that prove a person doesn't have to be baptized to be saved? Well, let's look at back one of the points I made. Hebrews 9, 15 through 17. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755. Let me repeat this point. That passage says that for this cause, he talking about Jesus, is the mediator of the New Testament. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. What's the point of that? He's making a parallel to when we have a will, which officially is called the last will and testament. My parents wrote their wills in the 1970s. But my four brothers, the wills didn't go into effect until my second parent died in 2010. Then myself and my three brothers, then we got our inheritance. But we didn't get our inheritance when the will was written. We got our inheritance after the will went into effect, which was after the death of my two parents. And, and the writer of Hebrews is making the same point about Jesus' New Testament, his last will and testament. He's saying... This New Testament law doesn't go into effect until after the death of the testator. The death of the testator, Jesus Christ, and so this new law that requires baptism didn't go into effect until after that. So the, the reason the thief on the cross doesn't prove that we don't have to be baptized to be saved is because the thief on the cross lived before the New Testament law came into effect. And that's the law that requires water baptism. Thief didn't have to be baptized for the same reason Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and Noah didn't have to be baptized. Their law didn't require our baptism, so they didn't have to be baptized. They had to do some other things that we don't have to do. They had to do animal sacrifices, for example. They had to keep the Sabbath. We don't have to do those things. That's not part of the New Testament law. New Testament law doesn't teach us to do animal sacrifices. New Testament law doesn't teach that we have to keep the Sabbath holy anymore. Instead, we worship on the first day of the week. The Old Testament law didn't require water baptism for salvation. The New Testament law does. And so we live under the New Testament law, so we do have to be baptized to be saved. And as I said, you can tell this from a passage like Romans 10, verse 9. It says there, If thou believe that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, do you have to believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead as an accomplished fact to be saved? Well, according to Romans 10, 9, you do. Well, did the thief believe in the resurrection of Christ as an accomplished fact? No, it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> he couldn't believe in the resurrection of Christ. It hadn't happened yet. Yet we have to believe in the resurrection of Christ to be saved, according to Romans 10, Romans 10 9. And I think everybody agrees with that. Everybody agrees that you've got to believe in Jesus, that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead to be saved, yet they know the thief didn't believe that. So they understand the thief didn't live under the same law and covenant way to be saved that we are. He didn't have to believe in the resurrection of Christ to be saved, but we do. And that's because the thief lived before the law went into effect, the New Testament law that requires us to believe in the resurrection of Christ. Well, if you can see that, and everybody can, then why can't you see the same thing about baptism? The same law that requires a person to believe in the resurrection of Christ, which the thief wasn't required to do, also says that a person has to be baptized to be saved. 
which the thief wasn't required to do. He didn't have to do either one of those because those are both New Testament requirements, not Old Testament requirements. And the thief lived while the Old Testament was in effect. The New Testament didn't go into effect until after the death of the testator, the testator being Jesus Christ. And we learn from Luke 24, 47, that would have been on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That's when the Great Commission first began binding. The passage that says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Perhaps you'd like to talk about this further. Would you like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me? I offer to do that just about every program these days. If you would like to have that Bible study with me at your convenience, I want you to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 256-682-9753. Again, if you want a free one-hour phone Bible study sometime when it's convenient for you, call or text me at 256-682-9753. We appreciate you listening. What I want you to keep doing is studying your Bible all the way throughout the week because that's where the truth is found.